right, here we are, episode nine of Bomber Brothers Podcast, a triumphant return for us because we have a guest back this time. We're going to have uh, John Jastrzemski, host of JJ After Dark on the flagship station for Yankees baseball, The Fan. Sports w- Radio 66. <laughs> Sports Radio 66 and 101.9 WFAN and WFAN-FM, New York. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we got the mink man, but J.J. will do. Yeah, we had, a, we had a good conversation with J.J. It was a lot of fun. Looking forward to playing that. But, of course, first we've got a lot of Yankees news to catch up on. Some of it encouraging, including uh, Aaron Judge and Andrew McCutcheon starting to be a nice leadoff bat for the Yankees and no Shane Robinson, that's always a plus. And, um, and and then the not so good, which is the fact that now all of a sudden the A's are breathing down the Yankees' necks in the wild card race. And instead of hosting a wild card game in a place where you played one just last year and capitalized on a bunch of home runs in the hitter-friendly Yankee Stadium, now the Yankees could be in danger of having to travel all the way across the country. Yeah, I don't think that's a terrible thing necessarily. Not that the traveling would be terrible, but the fact that it's a, it's a race now. Because I think the Yankees haven't played with a sense of urgency in quite a while. And, and I think having the A's nipping at their heels maybe will kind of spark them a little bit. Like you said, we've seen uh, Didi come back, and he has a nice triple today. He seems to be productive, and McCutcheon is heating up. So it seems like some guys are getting their act together. They've won um, three of their last four now. And uh, hope, hopefully the A series has kind of woke them up a little bit. Yeah, they they took two of one against. Um, I can hear John Flaherty. Are you you're watching the game right now? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's all right. I I don't have it down here in my basement, but um, we we were listening before we hit the record button, and Sanchez bounced into a double play, which will spark the ridiculous Sanchez haters that that I really need to like kind of air a grievance here you know Gary Sanchez comes back from the DL you know struggles a little bit out of the gate he had some defensive problems a couple games ago but he comes comes out last night the Yankees are stuck in a scoreless tie they need a win and he just blasts a home run that hasn't landed yet still he goes three for four he's a triple shy of the cycle he has a sack fly this morning and it just seems like even through all that, people are, you know, on Twitter and Facebook just still airing complaints about something, whether it's the fact that he, th- you know, put his arms up after his single because Didi Gregorius didn't score last night, which I thought was just clearly playing around with Didi over at third base. And then you have people complaining that he didn't talk post game in English and all that other stupid crap that just keeps going on with Gary Sanchez. And I mean, I just don't understand it. Cut the guy a break. You're, you want Austin Romine in his place instead? I think Romine's showing you tonight that he is a far inferior, maybe even inferior catcher behind the plate. Well, one, where where are you watching this game that Gary Sanchez had a sack fly this morning? Oh, did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> are you already tonight? in London getting ready for the London series? London, baby. <laughs> I, no, no, yeah, I meant the... Uh, I know what you meant. I'm just teasing you. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, we watched Posada do that to a Rod. I remember, like, right after he had the hip surgery. But like, <laughs> Posada doesn't joke around. Gary obviously does. Um, and uh, the the interviews. I don't care what 
what language you do an interview in because nobody should interpreter there. So I'll I'll hear what you have to say, and I'd rather have you speak in whatever language you're comfortable, so you get your message across, and 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 that's it. I mean, Rocky used an interpreter at the end of Rocky Four. Nobody ever complains about that. <laughs> that's but, a good point, and that's because millions were watching, and he wanted to make sure that he got his words right and knew that the crowd knew that he was trying to convey that if he could change and they could change, everyone could change. And maybe Yankee fans need to change and start liking Gary Sanchez. Yeah, especially after his 460-foot home run last night into the third deck and you know drove in another run today. It's obviously was never going to be enough because Sonny Gray's on the mound. And although you know he had a decent, what, first inning, and then he had the bases loaded, and then the pass ball by Romine that sparked a couple runs, and it was 3-1 when we started recording. Judging by your face, which no one else will be able to see, but we're FaceTiming right now. Judging by your face, the score is, is worse right now. No, it's not It's not worse. They just they had a, uh, a what I thought was a double play ball. Andahar bobbled it a little bit, and uh, wound up just getting the run out of first. But he made the right play. Yeah. Well, I, I, honestly. Um, well, Weiss is in. Good, because he, he's someone I'm interested in seeing. He has some really shut down stuff, and I, I think that's someone – um, that can really help the Yankees bullpen, especially with um, with Chapman still hurt. I mean, it doesn't look like yeah, Justice Sheffield. It doesn't look like Justice Sheffield's coming up soon either. So there's um, another arm that you're not going to have that some people expected them to maybe give a shot. But Loizaga's look good out of the bullpen. He's got really good stuff for the bullpen. So I like that. I hope uh, I hope he get, keeps getting some work. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, with Sonny only going three innings tonight, definitely going to see a lot of guys out of the bullpen. Hopefully they can piece it together, score a couple of runs. Uh, I mean, the, the Twins pitching is nothing to write home about. So, you know, definitely still in this game. But you're going to get a chance to see Luizaga along with a couple other guys tonight. And and that's fine. And um, I like what they did tonight starting Sonny. As I had mentioned last week, I thought they should start Sonny tonight. However... They kind of went in a different direction and just moved uh, Severino back one day, which I I, I know JJ disagrees and, and says he doesn't think skipping Severino would accomplish anything. But I still have, am of that mindset. Maybe I'm just stubborn. but No, I, I agree. I, I kind of see it as maybe a little bit of a, a missed opportunity to, to just give Severino a complete rotation off and see if he can hit the reset button because he did not look good at all in his last start we'll see how he does in his next start but in terms of tonight and just keeping things on this evening and and this series this is uh these are games the yankees have to win it's a team that you're what's over 60 games over 500 against since 2002 they're five and one against them the last two years i mean this is not a good twins team it's a team that the yankees have owned for years and meanwhile you have the a's playing the orioles who are even worse than the Twins, far worse than the Twins. So, you know, the A's are in all likelihood going to keep winning games, and the Yankees need to at least keep them within within arms, you know, at an arm's length and, you know, try to secure it. I think it's huge. I think hosting the wild card game is huge because, like, like J.J. said, I think he made a great point. We'll play that interview in a little bit. Um, just, you know, the task of going to Boston and then flying across the country to play Oakland and then coming back to Boston, that – that's some that's that's taxing you can uh definitely suffer from a little bit of jet lag for for a trip like that and it just makes all the difference of 
you know, playing at home in front of your fans. I think I think you saw how important playing at home was for the Yankees in the playoffs last year. I mean, just look no further than that Houston series. Or the Cleveland series or the wild card game itself. I mean, the stadium's rocking and um and the team's built for the ballpark. So you know, I, I absolutely agree with you that having that game at home is is a necessity. They they could definitely go to Oakland and win. Uh, of course, that could happen. But if even if that were to happen, I think all that travel would zap really any chance they would have of of taking down Boston, who is vulnerable. Uh, Boston, uh, you know, Sale left tonight after only one inning. Uh, I did read on Twitter he went out to the bullpen after maybe to get more work in. Uh, I'm not sure, but I, I mean, they're being very careful with him. So he had to throw 26 pitches to get through the first inning. Something's obviously not right there. Yeah. I, you know, you, you think about what's been going on over there in terms of sale and, you know, most people in Boston would say it's just precaution to make sure he's good for the playoffs because they're not going to be playing too many incredibly meaningful games the rest of this stretch they have a fairly cozy lead they have the best record in baseball and sale has had that track record of slumping in september because of overwork but you know you can also be rusty from not getting enough work and that's true and sale has a has been out a lot in the past few weeks and you know if anything is is wrong with him and they can't get him back to where they need him to be then then you know that's a that is even more of an incentive for the Yankees to host that wild card game, take care of the A's, and then anything could happen in a five-game series. I mean, look no further than last year against against the Indians. The Yankees go against the hottest team, the best team in baseball at the time, but Corey Kluber was nursing a, a bad back, and that arguably wound up being the difference in that series with Gregorius taking him deep a couple times in Game 5 when Kluber clearly wasn't himself. He didn't even really look like himself in Game 2 of that series either. But uh, He got rocked, but yeah. the failed challenge was the only reason they won that game. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's looking like it could possibly be a, a, a similar situation as that. The only difference is the Red Sox have a much inferior bullpen to that Indians bullpen of last year they probably have a better offense but again oh definitely um but again any, anything can happen in a five-game series especially if you throw in some complications with with the Red Sox undeniable ace absolutely and and that's that's why I've been kind of on the whole Severino thing for so long because if you get that guy that is healthy that is dominating then even if you're going up against another team's ace you can steal a game now imagine if sale is not sale and then you had a healthy severino plus tanaka plus the way hap's throwing you'd be so confident going into that series but now just with hap and tanaka and cc has looked compromised lately era over five in his last yeah. three starts and then the way severino's looked you're, you're not going to be confident so so getting getting that other arm and Severino, who was you know the ace for a year and a half, that that's so essential. Yeah, and you mentioned CC. I was amusing myself last night, just kind of um, looking over his past three starts and just trying to see what's been different. Because his first three starts back from the DL for his annual knee drainage, he uh, he looked great. And um, but the last three starts, you, you look at his pitch usage and 
almost everything has taken a dip, especially his cutter, which he's used most more than anything the past couple of years since he's reinvented himself. And his slider has just skyrocketed in terms of usage. And you you look at his um, slugging percentage against, and everything is has skyrocketed except for that slider. So he's kind of struggling with being a one dimensional pitcher right now, and that seems to be the only pitch that's working for him. Which which I guess kind of comes with the territory of being a crafty pitcher. Sometimes you know you're not getting the movement, you're not hitting your spots, and for a guy like CC who doesn't have the velocity anymore, when you're not dotting those corners, you're gonna get knocked around. And we saw that in the first inning against the Mariners on Sunday luckily he was able to settle down but in his start before that he he really looked lost yeah but it it was nice that he did make that adjustment on on Sunday and hopefully now in his next start with the extra day rest we'll see uh hopefully he can work on a couple of things and, and, and gets the feel for those pitches back because I mean you know if he doesn't have his command CC is not going to be effective yeah and um Severino you mentioned it that's so important right now for the Yankees to get him right and just I don't know what they're expecting to be different if they don't just give him some time off to figure out whatever it is that's going on and I I don't know we're kind of beating our heads against the wall and should just maybe realize that they don't intend on sitting Severino or giving him rest they want him to figure this out on the fly because they don't think it's a fatigue issue or anything like that so Severino kind of having to figure things out on the fly and then you have Aaron Judge who's trying to fly his way back into the lineup and you know help uh lengthen this lineup that has definitely not looked the way it did back in May no definitely not I mean even even one of the wins in Seattle they only had what they had the the two two run homers and and that was pretty much it and uh you know they didn't break out until the the sixth inning last night when gary got them going with the with the bomb that has yet to land but um yeah they need judge back in the worst way i mean he's just he's a game-changing bat and he's he swung again today and boone said he's going to swing again tomorrow and i mean i they say he's going to ramp up over the weekend so it sounds like this is it um i I mean bleacher report says boone eyeing judge's return and that he's been pining over writing his name in the lineup. yeah yeah. (laughs) so i think all the information feels 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 that way um I, i wouldn't be surprised you know what i mean he's hitting every day now i wouldn't be surprised if we see him back on tuesday i mean the last possible minor league game i think the last game the rail riders could play is Sunday or well, Saturday? Game yeah, one's tonight, it. so game one and two tonight and Wednesday, and then third. I guess Sunday would be the last would be the last game he could play in. Yeah, so the last possible game is Sunday. The Yankees are off Monday, and then they have uh, Boston on Tuesday. That would be a very so welcoming I'm- sight, and would make it a much more exciting series to watch. So I mean I I if just judging by the way they're ramping him up it's it seems like they've accepted he's just got to fight through this at this point. Um I mean doesn't I, that make you a little concerned though? I, I mean I just keep flashing back to a guy like Mark Teixeira. I mean wrist injuries are just they're not something to play around with. Um 
I, I mean, I, I think it's definitely. I think it's definitely a situation where if he has to have surgery, then it obviously wouldn't, it wouldn't go into next season or anything like that. So I I think they're at the point where they're saying we got nothing to lose by pushing it. Cause even if, even if he re-injures himself, then, then what did we lose? Cause we would have never gotten him back this year anyway. And then he'd be ready to go for next season. So, I mean, it's kind of at the point now where it's just, um, you know, ride it out till it breaks kind of thing. Just want to point out this uh, fun fact tweet that I just saw from Andrew Burns, used to be my editor at Pinstripe Alley. Now he's over at Cut 4. MLB has a 781 OPS with the bases loaded and one out. The Yankees in 2018, their OPS is 558. That's worse than Chris Stewart back in 2013. Oh, Why'd you have to bring him up? <laughs> Just because the last couple of months, you know. I don't know why. I went to so many games that year. What the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I went to opening day in 2013, and that was enough. <laughs> what they lose? Like 8-3? Was Ben Francisco was in the lineup, and they just got knocked around by the Red Sox. And I think CC pitched that game. That was the beginning. Yeah, they were of- losing 4 nothing, and Cervelli had like a bases-loaded single. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then it was like 8-2 again, and- yeah, that was the start of CC's disastrous 2013, and then he reinvented himself. So I'm I'm not really worried about CC. He's always been able to to fix things, um, you know, on the move w- w- during the season. If something was wrong physically, it seems like he was the he's the guy who would speak up. He did when his knee was hurting uh, just a couple weeks ago. So I'm not too worried about CC. It's more about Severino and just getting this offense going in, in big situations, and that's. That's where a guy like Judge is just so helpful. He, you know, works more full counts than just about anybody in baseball and you know, he's the the batting average is always up there with the power numbers and that's just a bat that you need in the lineup so badly and you know, it's it's still frustrating because even without Judge, the Yankees should be getting it done in a lot of these situations. It just it seems it literally seems like the their kryptonite this season is when they load the bases everything just seems to fall apart yeah uh we that we've seen that time and time again and you just gave that what 557 ops or 551 ops you said 558 with the bases loaded and one out that's just not that's unacceptable and so many double plays and ah uh, but yeah a guy like judge changes all that because then you have then you have another stick in the lineup that's a tough at bat and it wears wears those pitchers down and and if even if if judge is up obviously you have a better hitter up if judge is on deck obviously the pitcher has to come right at the guy and can't get too cute so it just it it definitely makes me worried about the wild card game when you're facing you know a good a's bullpen and you get into these situations and and the a's have all these arms they could throw at you and it's going to be tough for the yankees to come through in these situations they're going to have to hit those home runs this is what the team is is built off of so another reason why it's so crucial to host that wild card game because it's you know plays much more to the yankees advantage and their and their dna to play it at yankee stadium i just think it's it's so huge and I, I'm, I'm definitely surprised i didn't expect it to come to this point i think a lot of us were waiting for the a's to fall back down to earth but they're for real they made a lot of moves to shore up that bullpen they did 
just confirmed they lost Sean Maniah, I think. He's having um, arthroscopic surgery on his shoulder. So He's out all the next year, too. That's yeah. That's that's a tough break for the A's, but with our luck, they'll throw a bullpen day at the Yankees on on the wild, at the wild card game, which has also been the Yankees' kryptonite this season. And um, you know they'd be in danger of losing that one game playoff. Why are you showing me ahead of the curve by Brian Kenny? Bullpen day. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the open and and only hiring managers because they look handsome. I think was another one in there. I have, yeah. Joe Girardi was a uh, ruggedly hand, described as ruggedly handsome by Brian Kenny in this book. <laughs> I haven't. I started this book over a year ago. I've read another book during that time. I just I can't finish this one. It's just Brian Kenny's a little too arrogant for me to read through. I, but. I did finish it. At times, it was almost just burning through the pages so I could finish it. I'm in a similar situation as you right now with that book you gave me, The Only Rule Is It Has to Work by Ben Lindbergh. And, um, I love that book. No, it's a great book. My reasons for falling behind in it are completely different than not finishing Brian Kenny's book. It's more just I, I put it down to finish Baby Bombers, and, and I just haven't been able to gain momentum and pick it back up. But I was – you know, I, I was getting, a, I was probably a solid third of the way into that book, but I, I do oh, need to pick it up again. Yeah, when you get towards the end of the season, like I was like staying up late every night, even when I had work, just trying to find out how it would end. It, oh, I love that book; it was great. I want to read the new book that came out on Tuesday by the uh, former Department of Investigation head for um, the MLB. He wrote a book about the war between Rob Manfred and and a rod and the biogenesis scandal and just how crazy things got with them i read an excerpt and there was something about both sides hiring private investigators to tail a rod and to tail manfred and just manfred telling um the department of investigation to take down a rod no matter what because he was a high profile star in the league and he needed he wanted to make a splash and show everyone that he was cracking down on steroids and basically you know this this guy is saying that he he thinks that steroid use is still running rampant in in baseball. It sounds like a really interesting read. That was a wild time. I I'll check that out. I think my favorite thing about that whole thing was the night at Fenway when A-Rod gets drilled. Oh, of course, yeah. And out comes Girardi, who <laughs> A-Rod it came out like that day was suing. <laughs> And he half throws a punch at the home plate. Umpire. Yeah, and Jordy goes wild trying to protect his player. That was so sick. And then, of course, A-Rod hits the homer later. That and... was a cool moment. He uh, he did, like, the Ortiz point to the sky when he got yep. the home plate. That was, that was not awesome. A, not as good as G-Man Choi last night. That, that was so sick. awesome. I, I think I watched that, like, four or five times. That, yeah, that was one of the best walk-off celebrations I think I've ever seen. He had it because he had it, you know, before he even touched first base, and then he did another pause before he got to home plate to do whatever that uh, I don't even know how to describe it. That like Fernando Rodney point to the sky yeah. or something. <laughs> Watching the video, like I'm like, why is everybody going nuts over this? Because he bat flip, he like does the little bat toss mm-hmm. so casual, and then he gets into it and yeah. Like, worth it that was epic the rays the rays are something this year it's uh i'm not looking forward to the end of the season where don't the yankees have to play four more at tropicana field not looking forward to that and for for with you know with our luck they'll be only one or two games ahead of the a's in the wild card race and it'll come down to the yankees 
playing four at the trot before going to play Boston. You know, the Rays might be in the wild card race at that point, the way uh, that they've been playing. They're, they're still seven and a half back. They're, they're even with the Mariners right now. Yeah, but they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think they're running out of time. Uh, yeah. We're running off the rails. We're completely off track. You want to you want to play the uh, interview with JJ? Yeah, let's let's throw throw it to to professional to get us going again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like we said, we uh, talked to John Jastrzemski of WFAN. Uh, talked to him about the Yankees at NR Miami Dolphins. We touched on real quick. They had themselves a good week, even though it took about as long as a Yankee Red Sox game to do it. And um, here he is, JJ of WFAN. We are joined now by John Jastrzemski. JJ After Dark is where you can catch him on WFAN late nights. For all you people that stay up late, definitely well worth the listen. JJ, thanks so much for doing this. Boys, my pleasure. I'm happy to be on. How are you guys doing today? We're good, as we were talking about before we uh, hit the record button. All three of us are Dolphins fans and Yankee fans, so the Dolphins are 1-0. The Yankees are playing the Twins, so all is good right now. Yeah, I mean, it's always wonderful when the Yankees get a chance to see on the Minnesota Twins. I mean, talk about the gift that keeps on giving. And, yeah, it was a good start to the season for our beloved Dolphins. You know, they were able to run the football, force turnovers. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is like, you know, the steady girlfriend you have that you don't appreciate. Now, when she's gone, you really miss what you had. I mean, basically, that's what you're looking at. And I get it. He's not a star quarterback in this league, guys, by any means. But, you know, he's serviceable. And he's, you know smack dab right in the middle of the pack so when you watch it smoking jay cutler play last year i mean i'll drive you to drink <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it definitely becomes easier to appreciate the the steady girlfriend after you guys go on a break and replace him with jay cutler oh exactly exactly so now it will be a uh, it'll be a very fun week around here it's basically rivalry week where the jets are opening up at home against the dolphins and you got the Giants at 0-1 in dire need of a win going down to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. So, I mean, it's a great time of the year, boys, because football season is on the way and, you know, the baseball season's about to hit the home stretch. So, great times. Yeah, as you mentioned, there's some big games coming up down the stretch for the Yankees. And, and we've seen Aaron Judge finally start taking some on-field batting practice he hit a couple out at target field yesterday it, it, it's interesting and i want to get your opinion it, it it seemed like they were being very cautious with judge at first but now he seems to be you know progressing to on-field batting practice even though he's starting to say that he's still feeling some pain in that wrist do you think they might be starting to maybe panic a little bit and rush him back since the timetable is obviously way longer than they initially thought um, I don't get the sense the Yankees will rush back Judge, um, you know, because of the long-term ramifications of what he means for the franchise, but um, they need him out there, guys. There's no other way around it. The Yankees are not winning a World Series this year if they don't have that big bat right where it needs to be at the top of the middle of the order. And, yeah, basically, if you're thinking about him playing in that wildcard game in about three weeks, I mean, you got to have at least, you know, a couple of games down at the minor leagues, wherever it may be, or simulate a game. And you got to have, what, minimum a week and a half, two weeks of game action? Otherwise, I mean, it's going to be asking a lot to the timing and all the things you need to do in order to be ready. 
So it, it's interesting because here we sit. The Yankees have uh, the second best record in baseball. Yet this uh, this feels like the, the season just seems to have a different feel than than 2017. I just want to get your take on how you think the the feeling is around the Yankees right now. It seems like the fans have much less patience this year than they did last year. Of course, expectations probably have a lot to do with that. Well, I think that's what it comes down to. It's expectation. I mean, you think about last year, the Yankee total was basically at 82 or 83. I mean, Judge comes out of nowhere. Sanchez has a big year. Severino basically comes out of nowhere. So the Yankees just getting into the playoffs, it felt like, wow, this is a fun year. They win a wild card game. It's a really fun year. Then they beat the Indians, and it's like, holy smokes, they're eight wins away from a championship, and they're up three to two on the Astros, and I think you combine it with two things, guys. It's the way last year unfolded, making the run in the postseason. The other thing you got to take into account is the Yankees went out and they got Giancarlo Stanton. So when you make that sort of move, basically the expectation amongst the fan base is World Series or bust. And look, they're having a great year numbers-wise, but I think we can all agree over the last two, two and a half months, I mean, the Yankees have not looked like you know, that same team we saw at the end of April and May when they were rattling off, what, like 21 out of 23 wins. They don't have that look. They don't have that feel. The good news is it can change quite dramatically. So, JJ, do you think that do you think that the fan reaction has been fair, specifically to Boone, because they, they do have more talent than they did last year, but the, the, the fan reaction has been pretty much negative. How do you feel about the job that Boone has done and kind of the fan reaction to Boone? Look, I think Boone, all in all, has done a solid job. Now, are there times I've been, you know, questioning some of his decisions and judgment? Yeah, but I mean, guys, I don't care who's managing the team. You're going to have about 10 to 20 games a year where you're saying, what the hell the manager do? I mean, that's just the way baseball works. Uh, whether it's Girardi, Joe Torre, I mean, you give me the name. Um, here's how you're going to judge Aaron Boone, fair or unfair. I think it comes down to what we see three weeks from now. I mean, they're not going to win a division title. It's mainly due to the fact that the Red Sox have had this off-the-charts year. I mean, they're on pace to basically win 109-110 games. Um, so, yeah, that series was a killer. I don't think Boone distinguished himself, you know, quite well when they were up at Fenway Park. But again, wildcard game. How do they play in the postseason when they have to go, and to go through the Boston Red Sox? So, basically, judging a manager, you'll see in October. And, um, you know, speaking of fan reactions, Yankee fans tend to be the most reactionary around. And you, you know, basically talk to them as a job on the fans of WFAN. What, what would you think maybe the, the craziest or wildest fan take you've gotten fielding phone calls at the fan in terms of the Yankees this season? I would say this year it was definitely state related. And I think more recently... Sanchez related, and I get it. Gary Sanchez has been an enigma. He's been very frustrating, but I think we can agree here, guys, right? The Yankees ain't sniffing a World Series without him. You gotta try and figure out what the hell is going wrong with this guy and get him right on the big league level. Otherwise, you ain't winning a World Series. So, I would say the Yankee fans just, you know, quick dismissal of Sanchez who was, you know, the best offensive catcher in baseball the last year and a half and Giancarlo Stanton basically calling the reigning MVP of the National League a year ago. Bum. I mean, those probably got to top the list. 
<laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the Sanchez haters, I, I don't quite understand stand them either. It's uh, I, He's a prolific talent for sure. And I, I think a lot of the talk that, that's been going on lately, especially with what the Yankees have done in their rotation, is that they, they put Sonny Gray in tomorrow and uh, they've moved Severino back a day. Now, this, now this, I was thinking they would probably skip Severino to get him more rest, but this also sets Tanaka up to be your wild card starter. I, th- I think t- I have faith in Tanaka in a wild card game. I think he's a big money pitcher. How do you feel about Tanaka in the wild card game? And how do you feel about them not skipping Severino to see if he can get right? Because he'd be a difference maker if they make the post, if they make the second round. Well, look, guys, we know the way around it. They need Luis Severino. Now, with the way she has pitched as of late, are you going to start him in the wild card game? No chance. I mean, you can't do that. Tanaka and Jay Hep, for that matter, are far better options. And I'm with you guys. I would start Tanaka in that game. He was money and the Yankees' best postseason pitcher a year ago. He's one of these guys that seems to rise to the occasion. So I'm absolutely putting Tanaka in the starting rotation right out of the gate to start the postseason. But guys, with the way Jay Hep has looked, I mean, I don't know about you, I'd be a-okay if Jay Happ is going to start game one at Fenway Park and then be lined up to pitch game five. But get back to Severino. You know, you think about how the rotation lines up. He still has the most dominant stuff out of anybody they're going to roll out there. And if they don't have him right, I mean, they don't have their answer to Corey Kluber. They don't have their answer to Chris Sale. So I don't know what skipping him would accomplish. And look, I'm not starting a wild card game. I'm not giving them two starts in the division series. But I got to try somehow, some way, and figure out what the hell is going on. So you, you mentioned the questions about Severino. You, you mentioned how the Yankees need Sanchez to be his old self down the stretch. Hopefully, uh, Monday night was a predecessor for that. But, you know, as, as we head into these final weeks of the regular season, what would you think is the Yankees' biggest concern before the playoffs get going? Good question. Um, can I put Sanchez, Severino, and Judge all lumped into one category? You can because, do whatever you want. Well, I'm going to do that because I think you need all three of those guys to where they were a year ago. Judge obviously being healthy, Sanchez being Sanchez, Severino being back to the guy he was in the first half of last year. But the other thing I got to see from this team, guys, and it is absolutely positively going to be a concern, Will the Yankees be able to score runs in big games, in postseason games, when they're not hitting the home run? And that's what I mean. It is so important that they have that wild card game at Yankee Stadium because they're a much different team when they play at home. Their team is built around, you know, playing to that ballpark. I think the Yankees, if they're playing in Oakland, even if they get by the A's, that will pretty much finish them as far as any chance to win the World Series. They will not. You mark my words. Play in Boston, the final game of the year. Go to Oakland. They fly back to Boston and then expect them to win a best of five series. I don't care how nice that team plane may be. I know first class chartered flights, all that good stuff. Yankees ain't winning a World Series if they got to go through that gauntlet. Yeah, that that'd be a tough ask. And, and just to kind of close out, JJ, you know, you you're you're kind of like the dream scenario, right? You grow up a, a Yankee fan and and you know local guy, and then you get to work for WFAN. I, I know my brother and I are about your age. We grew up doing our homework, watching Mike and the Mad Dog, and things like that. What's it been like for you uh, growing up at, as a Yankee fan, then transitioning to getting to talk about them on WFAN? Do you find that you callers are more combative because they know that you enjoy, like if you follow you on Twitter, you know we know you're we know you're a fan. Do you feel like they're more combative because they think you're a fan of a certain team? Do, do they seem to relate to you more? What, what's it been like? 
That's a good question. I mean, with anybody who's listening on my show, and I'm sure you guys know this, I don't hide who I root for. But I think you have to be somewhat fair. Like, if the Jets go out and beat the Dolphins convincingly, you give credit where credit is due. I mean, I have been so complimentary of the Jets, and I can't stand them. I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that. I told McCagney that a couple weeks ago. I was like, I hate you guys, but I love what you're doing. I love the Donald pick. And I think if you're fair with the audience, they'll be willing to accept it. Listen, there are always going to be folks in the audience uh, who was a Met, you know, the guy who's a Met fan. Like, I just don't like J.J. Roots for the Yankees. So I don't like J.J. Roots for the Dolphins. But you know what? You can't really pay too much attention to them. Do a good show. Bring your opinions. Bring your passion. And however it may shake out, guys, it shakes out. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with the skeptics, the haters, and uh, go from there. All right, that's John Dostremski. Good stuff. You can catch him on WFAN overnight on JJ After Dark. I'm sure he'll have plenty of good stuff to say as the Yankees uh, gear up for a wild card game. JJ, thanks again. Good stuff as always. Guys, my pleasure. I'm glad we got to do this. Um, Give me a call again soon, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. All right, that was John Jastrzemski of WFAN. Good stuff. Always brings a lot of energy. Definitely someone to help you uh, stay awake at the wheel when you're on a late-night drive with his uh, overnight show. But um, definitely loved what he said when we asked him about the craziest uh, fan takes that he's gotten so far this year. I mean, I imagine they would include Sanchez, which we kind of already touched on, but, but Stanton as well when he was slumping really bad earlier in the year and people were – you know, roasting the trade that Cashman made, one that obviously anybody would have made if you were in that position to do so. And, you know, now you see Stanton slumping a little bit over the past couple weeks. Um, but he did, he, he had that, he had 117 mile per hour double right back up the middle last night. And then he also hit one almost just as hard, but right at the shortstop. So hopefully, maybe uh, Stanton's coming out of that slump a little bit. Yeah, and and he has a walk tonight, and and you know usually when, once you're seeing the ball well like that, that that's a good sign that that you are coming out of it, uh, recognizing your pitches better. And imagine you get him going, and then uh, Judge comes back, and you got Gary getting a little little heated up. Could be good things. Yeah, I think Stan's a big X factor. He was really carrying the offense when Judge first got hurt, but I, th- I think may- maybe we're seeing a little signs of fatigue. He's been he's been playing more outfield lately, so I mean it, it seems like he's okay physically, but he's been nursing that hamstring and just playing so many games in a row, not taking many days off. So I mean, I would have to imagine that there's some fatigue, but again. I- Maybe not. I mean, he he came from the National League where there's no DH, so he wasn't resting as much when he was over with the Marlins. So, you know, maybe he's just going through one of those slumps and hopefully starts to come out of it at uh, come, you know, the end of September when preparing for some much more meaningful games. And, of course, I think having Judge near him in the lineup will help him as well. Yeah, I, I think actually – um, right around now would be a good time to get him a day because they have off Thursday and Monday. So if they can get him another day off there, get him two days off, then play for two days, and then have another day off. I mean, that that, that could probably go a long way to getting his legs back under him. Uh, Ryan, I have some breaking news. Mm-hmm. The Yankees are in the fifth inning. They have one mound visit remaining. We could see – I think this would be the first time in Yankee history they run out of mound visits. Yeah, I, uh, I know – 
I know they were fairly close, like at the very beginning of the year in that 14 inning game against the Orioles, when when Pedro Alvarez hit that grand slam. Um, but yeah, we uh, we've never seen that yet. That would, uh, and you know, I think it's fair to say that it would be a good bet to say it was going to come on a day that Sonny Gray started. Absolutely. So wow. So don't turn off your TVs, even though the Yankees have grounded into three double plays in five innings, because you might get to see some some history. But these these are the ones that hurt. I mean, of course they can come back. It's it's still early. Hopefully, Sanchez can hit another five hundred foot home run and the offense can get going again. I mean, that rally last night was so encouraging to see. Um, of course, this team is built off the home run, but it was nice to see them really ride that carousel. I mean, the first eight men reached base in that seventh inning and. There was a stretch of three doubles in a row from uh, Andujar, Stanton, and Gregorius. So that was that was a, a nice rally, one that you feel really good about. Yeah, and you would hope that a, a rally like that would carry over to the next day a little bit, but it, it certainly hasn't. I mean, they only have one run, three double plays, and we're only through five innings. So it's no, not, it's not uh, what you want. Not carrying through like you hoped, and Loisa goes battling through the bases loaded and nobody out. Well, the Yankees, uh, they need some they need some help in that bullpen while before Chapman comes back. Although we we should probably give credit to a guy like Zach Britton because he's looked a lot better. Robertson's looked much better since since Chapman got hurt. So some of those veteran guys in the bullpen have looked better, and that's definitely something you'll need come October third. I think is the wild card game. Yeah, Britain, especially in the last week, has really, uh, really flipped the switch and and has looked very good. Which another big X factor there, especially uh, you know Batanzas's finger, still a little worried about it, but yeah, it seems like he's working through it. I mean, he um, ran into some trouble in that game against the Mariners, but he was able to close it out with a strikeout. But yeah, I don't know what that's. That's weird. I don't know if would he get bit on the finger like David Cohn in '98. I don't know what's going on with that finger. A Jack Russell Terrier named Veronica. Right, well, I'm out of gas. I think I need to use that last mound visit. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, uh, congratulations on your last day at Chili's. I ran and out of there uh, like Greg Bird running down the first baseline in Game Three of the ALDS. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I should say, like G-Man hope- Choi. Or I was going to say I, the most famous Yankee running would be David Robertson out of the bullpen during the oh, ball. Yeah, in Detroit. <laughs> um, yeah I, I hope Greg Bird one day is able to hit another home run. That's all I want for him. <laughs> yeah, he, he had his chance yesterday with, with Voight sitting with that stiff back. And that's the last thing the Yankees need. They're arguably their hottest hitter to go down with an injury himself. And then he got hit in the back. Unbelievable. Uh, Louisa could just walked in and run, so I'm about done here. Yeah, I'm going to go play Spider-Man. All right, have fun <laughs> slinging those webs. All right, well, we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks again to John Jastrzemski of The Fan, and we'll see everyone next week with uh, some new topics and, and a new guest and, and hopefully some some cushion in the wild card race. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Sean, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good one.